Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Sim Racing in Focus podcast. It's episode number four now where we talk about sim racing as the name suggests. I'm your host Dean Reddit. I'm the owner and editor at a small startup website known as simracinginfocus.blog where we do sim racing related articles and also now produce this podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be changing things up a little bit this week. Uh, unfortunately, no interview this week. Um, just scheduling complications. Um, however, they'll be back from next week. So on today's show, we are going to take the opportunity to go a little bit deeper into our race results. And also, we'll take an opportunity to understand a little better and a little bit more in depth about where some of the main players in those leagues are at. We also have the Game of Gear Direct Premier Endurance GT3 League kicking off this week. We have another round of the Porsche Tag QR Esports Super Cup and also our V8 leagues, including the Logitech G Prem Invitational Series, the V8 Veterans and East Coast V8 Supercar Series. So all that and more, it is now iRacing week number eight of season one 2024. Let's Okay, everyone, we'll be kicking off this week's episode, as we always do, with our drive-by segments or race recaps. We'll be going in, as we mentioned, a little bit more in-depth than just a quick drive-by on these leaks. And we'll kick off this week's episode with the Game of Gear Direct Premier Endurance League. Uh, if you caught last week's episode, you would have heard from league owners Ricky Provenzali and Jimmy Middleton. Um, hopefully you did manage to catch that interview and apologies for people listening in about the sound quality issues on that episode. Um, it, uh, the old post editing is still coming up to speed there and, um, hopefully we'll get a chance to clean that up and re-release, but hopefully though that little bit of wind coming through the microphone, which just the editing software tools that I did have managed to turn that into static rather than wind. Hopefully that didn't put you off too much that you didn't get to enjoy that episode. Uh, if not, we will try and get that cleaned up and re-released for anyone that still wants to listen to that podcast. But as we mentioned, the Premier Endurance League GT3 visited Magello for round number one of the series. The GT3 car category is just a bit of a change up on what we've normally been following, but... In these races, we've got a two-hour endurance race, multiple pit stops, fuel-limited cars. So we have a lot of chopping and changing um, over a long period of time. It's a different race category to what we normally cover in the V8 supercars. Um, coming into round one, um, we've got uh, defending champion Nick Wood from Twisty Foot Racing coming back to defend his championship. In qualifying, though, it would be Stuart Shaw from Apex Racing, who I believe is new to the series, so secures pole position on debut. 
from Adam Jepson of Bluebell Racing Team and last season's runner-up in Owen Coleman from Fairly Average Racing Team. Uh, so those guys there, uh, Stuart obviously comes in, has an excellent showing in his first ever qualifying session in the league, uh, secures the pole. The other two names there, Adam and Owen, featured quite prolifically last season and uh, will be names for everyone to keep a, keep a, in the back of their minds as the season progresses. Um, yeah, one of the one of the big things about the Premier Endurance League is just the size of the grids. Again, it was another split of fifty something cars uh, in the in the race itself. Uh, those fifty cars are split into uh, two class types: one being the elite class, and and second being the challenger. So a bit of a top split within the one race. So um, elite being your top drivers and challenger being your up-and-comers or development drivers. So Stuart, Adam Jepson and Alan Coleman all would be in that elite category there. So they locked out that the the podium for qualifying. When the race did manage to get underway, um, Stuart Shaw did jump out to the early race lead and held it for the best battle eight or nine laps before Adam Jepson was able to get in front um, prior to the first round of pit stops happening. Nick Wood, the defending champion, would start out at eighth spot for this race. So he probably features down the list a little bit than what we were accustomed to seeing him last season. We also had a season one champion, Ben Jeffrey, starting out of P number six. So a couple more names there just to follow along with as we move through the rounds of this series. Um, to get the race started, it would be Stuart Shaw that led the race early doors. Uh, he led for eight or nine laps before Adam Jepson was able to get in front prior to the first pit stop cycle occurring. Um, interesting that to note, um, Nick Ward was able to go longer into his fuel stint over some of the lead cars. Um, and he was very clearly already on uh, the strategy front looking at, at what he could do with extending his fuel so that when you're going across a race with multiple pit stops, you can minimize that last stop or something to that, or something to that effect. Once the first round of pit stops did actually take place, Stuart Shaw would be able to get back in front, uh, where he would lead for a, the vast majority of this race. I think Stuart's first outing in the series was, was quite impressive and I think a lot of people would be awake to how he drove the car but unfortunately with four minutes to go a slight miscalculation in the fuel would see him needing to take a splash and dash like I said before with only four minutes to go and practically handed uh, the race back to Owen Coleman who had managed to work his way up with the strategy um, it was initially running in fourth place early in the race and uh, he would come out in that second position and then eventually obviously take the lead of the race with only four minutes to go. Uh, Owen would go on to secure the race win for round number one. And then we would actually see uh, all the fuel saving and um, strategy that Nick would work into his race early doors come into full effect where he would actually come in and finish the race in second place. Um, 
after starting in eighth. So a good, a really good solid drive on the strategy front there from Nick to start round number one. And then it would be Adam Jepson settling in for third from Bluebell Racing. Your podium there for all, all featured drivers from the elite class. The podium from the challenger class featured Isaac Norman of Odyssey Racing, Nick Bottrell of Valve Esports, and Adam Holland of Sign Hustle Racing. So they finished one through three in the challenger class and they finished 19th, 20th, and 21st on track. So very close together there towards the end of the race. An interesting start to the season with strategy obviously playing a big part. These cars are restricted in the amount of fuel that they can take, so they're not allowed the full maximum. So all these drivers that can maximize fuel saving strategy get rewarded. And um, we've certainly seen Nick take full advantage of that. Uh, unfortunately for Stuart Shaw, he would drop to 10th by the time he came out from the splash and dash and uh, effectively not get the result that he probably deserved on the night. But, um, you know, that's the way it is with these races. And, yeah, the field is highly competitive and close for for a lot of the races. So if you do make a mistake, it typically means that you're going to drop a lot of positions. So, uh, you know, a great first outing for the Premier Endurance League. Like I said, 50 cars on the grid. Um, something that's has always been a factor in this league is just massive car grids, especially early in the season. And there's good retention throughout the the the, the um, monthly races. So if that's something you're interested in, um, there might still be places available. I don't know. 50 cars is a lot of cars, so it could nearly take up the whole grid. But um, but nonetheless, a great first outing for the Game of Gear Direct Premier Endurance GT3 League. Moving on to round number two of the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup. For round number two, the series went to the Hockenheim Ring, uh, where they would obviously feature their sprint format race and main race. So, an eight laps or a nine lap sprint, sorry, and a uh, a eighteen lap main race, which would see the top eight um, reverse which would see the top eight reverse grid style format displayed. Uh, it would be Oracle Red Bull Racing's Sebastian Job, who secured pole position for the sprint race. Um, Sebastian picking up a win and a podium from round number one, uh, coming to this round as the, as the leader of the championship. We um, back that up with pole position, a few additional points. So Sebastian would secure pole position to lead the sprint race. Um, however, and of interest to us, uh, Jordan Caruso from Altus Esports would secure third spot in qualifying, which is a vast improvement over round one. And also uh, Cooper Webster, another Australian there representing Oracle Red Bull Racing Esports uh, would start in sixth. So Pretty big improvement for the two Aussie drivers in this round over round one, um, where we've seen them qualify in the teens, they're now up in third and six. The The sprint race got away and uh, Jordan Crusoe was able to jump straight away out of the blocks into second spot. Um, so again, he moved up. Cooper basically just bedded down in six early doors. 
um, Sebastian job the policy that would build a pretty commendable lead of one and a half seconds very early in this race. But the rest of the race just basically descended into a good old-fashioned pork sword jousting contest. Um, lots of contact, lots of cars off track. So the racing was somewhat controversial and, and it even prompted the commentators to to point out as such that that the drivers were were really displaying a lot of impatience, but um, with the series being sh shortened to seven races, and you can imagine with the $200,000 US prize pool that's on offer, um, patience is put aside and these guys are absolutely just going for it and and that's just what come across in this race with a lot of uh a lot of dives into the hairpin um a lot of a lot of side-by-side -side door banging contact that was going on so um seen a few of the other alters cars um really caught up in a lot of incidents there which has been the story of their season so far um and uh you know sebastian Job or or as the commentators pronounce it, Job, but it is spelled J O B. So I'm going with Job. Give me his English as well. Um, yeah, he he really commanded this race, and and he looks like he could be really the standout in the field so far. Um, so they mentioned on the broadcast he was the favourite to take it out, and and even though Jordan Caruso from Altus our Australian driver is a defending champion. There's the Sebastian job is, 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 is a favorite. Um, not sure if there's a, some sort of betting thing going on, but yeah, they were definitely mentioning he's the favorite. So he's looking quite formidable, um, you know, halfway through this round. Uh, Jordan would manage to bring the car home in second to Sebastian job. Uh, so he had a, had a really good race and he was, he was uh, constantly under attack to hold on to his second place, um, which he managed to do so. And Cooper just drove a really, really um, unassuming race. For a race that really had a, a lot of drama, Cooper just managed to almost not feature on the broadcast, which I mean that in a good way. Um, he just locked down sixth spot. Uh, sorry, no, he locked down uh, fifth place. So, uh, a really good, a really good improvement for both the Aussie drivers. So, um, I think we've seen them, you know, around the 10 and even, yeah, around 10th or something in the sprint race last week. And then, um, you know, down around 20th in the, in the main race. So big improvements for them. Uh, there was a really, really strong battle for the eighth spot. So, uh, towards the end of that race, which would determine who would start on pole for the next race, uh, would be Luke McEwen of Apex Racing Team, who would get that uh, reverse grid pole. In the main race being 18 laps, uh, still seeing quite a lot of um, early doors drama, and unfortunately Jordan got... Uh, he, he started this race out of seventh, but he got sort of shuffled away early doors um, back to, I believe it was 10th or 11th before before sort of having a visit through the sand trap, which didn't really net any damage to his car. So he's able to get back on, back on track in around about 16th, 17th spot and, and um, 
go on a bit of a recovery mission. Um, Cooper Webster would start out of four spot and, and um, yeah, much like the first race for himself, he just drove a really, really drum free race and um, managed to convert that into sixth place. So, um, you know, just avoiding a lot of the incidents. Um, so he, he has a, a fifth and sixth finish on the night for both races uh, and Jordan recovers to 11th for the second race. So um, pretty solid results there. Uh, it would actually be a Sebastian Job who would start at eighth spot that managed to drive his way all the way through the field um, and with a couple of laps remaining, make the move to take the race lead. Um, and he took that from Luke McEwen of Apex Racing Team who had managed to stay in the lead of the race for about 14 or 15 laps of the of the 18 lap race. Um, and as Sebastian made that move, uh, there'd be another uh, a red line driver in Diego Pinto who would also nab the spot off Luke. So it would finish Sebastian Job, Diego Pinto and Luke McEwen in first, second and third for the main race. So... All that all boils down to is pretty handsome lead for Sebastian Job after two of the seven rounds. Uh, a UK lad, which, you know, we never like to see the English doing well, but, you know, he's looking rather formidable. Um, big improvements for our Aussie guys. So certainly wishing that trend continues for both John Caruso and Cooper Webster heading into round number three. And after all that, what that boils down to is our series podium after two rounds of the Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup. It looks like Sebastian Job from Oracle Rebel Racing in first. Uh, he holds a 41-point lead over, over over Diego Pinto. And then it's just another six points back to Luke McEwen in third. So <clears throat> a pretty handy lead for Sebastian at the top. 40 points probably equates to half the amount of points that are on offer for a race win. Uh, as far as the our Aussies are concerned, Jordan Caruso sits in ninth on 58 points. So he's he's 109 points off the lead. Uh, and Cooper Webster's right behind him in 10th on 55 points. So boys are just inside the top, top 10 there. Um, like I said, a bit of a better race this week, so hopefully they'll continue to climb up there. But there's a fair bit of work to do, considering there's only now five rounds left in this competition. All right, we're moving right along now to our V8 Supercar Leagues, and we'll kick off with the Logitech G Pro Invitational. Uh, it was round two of the qualification series uh, this week, and they headed to new track to the server, Magni Cause, which... Um, Look, oh, it, it made for some pretty good viewing. It was awesome seeing the cars bounce off the the big curbs there coming into uh, start-finish line. So plenty of good launches off those curbs. Um, the track was sort of wide and flowing and fast-paced, so an interesting watch there. Um, it was 46 laps around the Magnicore circuit with two compulsory pit stops. Um, big news straight away was that Griffin Gardner and I believe Job Stewart, uh, who had finished second and third respectively from round one, were not racing on the night. And so 
couple of big names that in a four-round series missing the second race. Um, once again, everyone's vying to finish in the top 20 in this 45-car field to get their place on the grid for the upcoming Logitech G Pro Invitational Series itself. Uh, from qualifying, it was Jared Philsell from Lobs Esports. Um, he's coming out with a new Speed Cafe backing this week. Um, from round one, it was just a plain white car with the team branding on it. But now he's obviously had something in the pipeworks and he's got a new backer there, which is, uh, you know, Speed Cafe are obviously all over the motorsport scene. So um, good to see they continue their involvement with somebody there, assuming it is as official as that. Um, Jared is, I'm sure, uh, it comes as no surprise to anybody that he's claiming pole position in this qualification process. He He's only really in this by virtue of missing last season. So uh, he would probably be, I don't think it's much of a stretch to say, in the top three V8 supercar drivers in the world on the iRacing platform. So... Um, he's doing exactly what he should be or expected to do, and that's that's yeah, win uh, the first race uh, after he qualified second, and now he's come out and, and stuck the car on pole, especially with his two nearest rivals from round number one not present at this round. As far as the race itself was concerned, um, you know, I was thinking that there might be a little bit more um, closer racing given it was a new track and maybe there wasn't just the opportunity for drivers to lay down um, a, a lot of historic laps like we might see on some other tracks like you know, Bathurst certainly or Watkins Glen, you know, these circuits have been on the, on the plat on iRacing for a number of years. Uh, guys would be, have raced the car itself around those tracks potentially hundreds of times, but this time, Magnicor's coming out the most recent update. I thought there might be a chance for some variability to happen. Um, as it would be, Jared was just completely dominant on the night um, and really just uh, owned the the race. Um, he would he would go on and and quite comfortably take out this one. The eventual margin of victory would be over twenty seconds back to Trans Tasman Racing's Jake Maloney in second. Uh, and it was a further seven seconds back to Bo Albert, um, I believe, who is in this series so far as a privateer. Um, so pretty good result there for both Jake and Bo, who move up onto the podium from, from last week. It was a much better finish to this week's race for uh, Trans-Tasman Racing's Richard Hamstead, who coming in fourth. Uh, he was a notable person to drop down the standings last uh, in round number one from a, a, a pit lane infringement. So he's recovered quite nicely. And there was also strong finishes for Fawzan El Nabi and Jacob O'Reilly building on last week's performances from both those drivers inside the top 10 once again. So naturally, after two rounds, uh, Jared Philsell holds, holds a pretty good um, stranglehold on the top spot here. He's, he's secured maximum points from the opening two rounds. Um, uh, Jake Maloney's in second and Fawzan El Nabi is in third. Our concentration now comes down to around about P number 20 and there on, and, and who is around this, what we're calling the cut line. Um, 
So we've got Brian Ball currently in, in P20 and uh, in 21st is Connor Nixon from Vermillion Motorsport. Um, the names that exist outside the top 20, uh, round one's runner-up Griffin Gardner and also Job Stewart from Altus Esports who was uh, from round number one. So a couple of big names still sit outside the cut line um, of note. So Richard Hampstead sneaks back in. He's now up in 18th spot. So a couple of names just to listen out for there as we come down to the last two races of the year. Um, guys that you might expect on pace alone to see well inside the top 20, but at, as it currently stands and you know, with two races to go, um, there's, there's a chance that, you know, um, any unfortunate sort of instance that sort of occur now could have a really um, big impact on whether they qualify or not. So the series is still wide open, uh, like I said, with two rounds to go. So we are looking at this competition as now really the pinnacle of V8 supercars in Australia, or probably even just you know iRacing in general. There really is no series that I know of that exists on the iRacing platform for the V8 supercar specifically that's trying to reach the goals that this series is getting to. Um, not only on a competitive front, but also just the professional attitude that's sort of been given towards this league. Um, people that are interested can jump online, find them on Facebook, go through to their website and it's all presented very nicely and professionally and the guy's doing it. Uh, a cracking job over there and, and naturally all the drivers I think are really um focusing all their efforts especially those that are obviously mainly in the uh, V8 supercar they're they're focusing their attention on getting into this league so uh I believe it is backed by Motorsport Australia um but you know hopefully we'll get a chance at some point to speak to some people that'll be able to come on and give us a better understanding you know, of what it is that sits behind this league and I'm sure it'll be an interesting um, conversation to have because there's there's a lot that sits behind this league so yeah if you so if you're not fully aware of the series definitely jump on and start having a look around and um, go to their Facebook page just Logitech Pro Logitech G Pro Invitational Series and, and you can follow all the links back and yeah there's regular interviews with drivers and like I said, just lots of good content coming out of there. And um, these are the type of people that pique my interest as people that we want to find out more from. Okay, well, now we'll move on to the East Coast V8 Supercar Series. So um, we're looking at this series as, as a series that sits below as a feeder series into Logitech G Parliamentational, as we've previously discussed. There is two automatic exemptions on offer for the two highest finishing drivers that haven't qualified for the series. So the East Coast V8 Supercar Series also visited uh, Circuit Magnum Cores for round five, and they'd also be out there for 46 laps. Uh, just a single race on the night, um, a big one, with a few compulsory pit stops as well. So once again, the series just keeping in sync with the... the major series of the Logitech G qualification series. Uh, heading into the round, uh, Sean McNamara and 9.5 Sim Sports, uh, fourth overall in the championship, held the first, currently holds the automatic exemption 
as being the top qual uh, non-qualified driver at this point in time. Um, and Jacob O'Reilly of Vermillion Motorsports is right behind him in fifth. So they're the two people currently locking down the automatic exemption spot um, as this series sort of reaches the midway point. And you don't have to go far back from that points-wise to come across, you know, the next lot of drivers that, that are really going to be vying for those automatic exemptions as well. So the the fight for those tickets is, is certainly um, heating up. And there's a lot of people in contention for those. As far as qualifying concern, it would be uh, James Scott out of Mobs Esports uh, once again claiming pole. So belief that he's somewhere in the vicinity of five from five from James. Um, he'd be followed behind closely by teammate Dylan Rudd and then uh, Jordan Ross from Synergy Sim Racing locked out third spot on the grid. Uh, with the with the race would get out of the way, it was an interesting sight seeing the grid lined up. Uh, another big grid in this series, uh, yeah, in excess of forty cars. Uh, they were gridded up right through the chicane, so we had we had a couple of cars starting at right angles to the main straight. So it always makes for a tricky getaway in the V8 supercar when you've got to try and launch it with some amount of steering lock on. So uh, naturally, we've seen a few. Uh, cars ignite into rear wheel spin but a very very sort of humorous launch to the race uh, once we did get underway uh james scott jumped out off got a perfect launch off the grid it wasn't to be the case though for the man alongside him doing running second who did fall was down as far as fifth i believe on the opening lap so uh jacob o'reilly and cameron jones managed to jump in from the row behind and, and jacob would find himself up into third Although we're covering this race after Logitech G promotional on the show, this race actually took place on the Tuesday night before round two of Logitech, Logitech G promotional series. So it served as a good precursor and a good practice round for uh, a lot of the drivers who would then go on to participate in the qualification series the following night. As we mentioned before, the track's not featured before in the calendar. So, um, it actually served as to be a pretty pivotal race this one. And, um, there was uh, some good strategy at play throughout the race. A lot of different ways guys chose to um, or try and deploy undercuts or overcuts throughout the race. Uh, it was two pit stops across the entirety. But, uh, as the race went on and unfolded, we seen Dylan Rudd manage to climb his way back up to second uh, after the start that he had. Um, yeah, as far as first place was concerned, uh, James was out to a margin of over 15 seconds by around about the midway point of this race. So uh, give or take a few laps, he once again was firmly in control. Uh, it was a bit tighter between, um, yeah, a pretty decent battle for second and third between Dylan Rudd and John Ross. And then there was a bit of a gap back to another battle pack that would see Jacob O'Reilly, Cameron Jones, Scott Gamble, Robert Gibbs. Uh, quite a big battle pack there. Um, so a lot of names popping up, starting to move up the leaderboard. Worth worth keeping an eye on. And that battle pack there that would feature Gibbs, Jones, McNamara later in the race. That was where the main viewing for the race was. It was they 
those guys managed to interchange positions for what seemed like a large portion of it towards the end of the race. Um, the race itself, though, was just, to be honest, it was another curb stomping from James Scott, who would win the race by almost 23 seconds in the end. So uh, he's obviously completely dialed with the V8 supercar. Um, we mentioned earlier in the show, Jared Philsell possibly being one of, if not the best driver of the V8 supercar. Um, James Scott is certainly another name that you would throw into that conversation. Um, it's not the only series he's demonstrated this level of dominance in. So, um, but, you know, guys like Dylan Rudd, John Ross, these are guys that are also incredibly capable in the car and, uh, you know, probably drivers you wouldn't expect to see finish this far behind James. So just an indication of how well James's race went. Um, once again, that's, that is five from five for him. So we're moving, once we've reached that midway point of the season and look, it's going to be hard for anyone to mount a challenge to James at this point, but you know, We'll obviously keep watching on. Yeah, it would be Dylan Rudd, who then eventually come home in second, also of Lobs Esports. And uh, Synergy Sim Racing's Jordan Ross would round out the podium. So another strong finish for Jordan there. Uh, also another strong finish for our... Uh, he, he was a holder of the golden ticket coming into the round. And, and certainly after this result, uh, Jacob O'Reilly will continue to hold on to that. Um, as he come home in fourth so i believe that may be one of if not his best results so far this season so really really strong drive from jacob out of a million motorsports and scotty gamble rounded out the top five we mentioned jacob would probably still hold on to the to one of the golden tickets i believe sean mcnamara may still hold that as well although cam jones did finish in front and and, and i know he was close behind so that that battle there for those automatic exemption spots is well and truly alive. Even though that the, the, there's a large gap at the top of the championship table with James Scott, it's it's all to play for as far as what we're looking for in those automatic exemption spots. So we'll definitely keep an eye on that. Um, I think this is another shortened season, so I'll have to clarify. It's around about the nine rounds mark, so... We're right on bang on halfway now, and um, yet the boys are certainly turning it on in this series. Another really, really um, high standard of series, but one that's open to everybody. So if you're into the V8 supercar, definitely jump in uh, to this series. It won't be that long before we see season two start to pop up on everyone's radar for uh, registration. All right, so moving on to our final V8 Supercar League for this week, we've got the V8 veterans who visited Nürburgring for round number eight of their season. So uh, they are the furthest down the line in terms of the amount of rounds they've already completed for this current season. And just a brief reminder for everybody of the championship standings in this one, uh, we have... Michael Taliancic out of Altus Australia, who is holding a very, very slender seven-point lead over Kenneth Lada from Fishy Motorsports. Uh, it's then another 80 points back to Matt van der Kran from Angry Birds Racing in third. Once again, this series has the singular order, a singular ticket available for the automatic exemption. So another highly competitive V8 league. This league 
to give you some more details about this league. Uh, certainly has the highest participation. Um, I believe it's around about 144 active drivers, although it's divided up over three splits on the night. We're just covering split number one, but that's obviously a lot of drivers that's competing in this series. And we've only got one ticket available through in the automatic exemption spot. So Mike Talianchich currently holds that, that ticket. However, he is active in the qualification series as well as Kenneth Lutter. Uh, we may see those guys qualify via, via either method. So again, we'll have to keep an eye on a few of these other names that we know aren't competing in the qualification series. It all gets a little bit technical, a little bit tricky to cover and, and, and try and remain or try and make sense. So, but yeah, there's lots at play here and, and, yeah, it's going to be really interesting when we see it all come together at the end of the season. Um, and we see a lot of these drivers then transition into the Logitech G Pro Invitational Series. And, and by all means, when that happens, we will also provide race results uh, for that series. And we also got V8 Scops on the horizon as well. But onto the race itself, this was 50 laps of the Nürburgring. So, so not the... Not the full layout. This is the Grand Prix circuit. The shorter layout, thank goodness. <laughs> um, so from the qualification session, we would see Darren Lobb from Menon Racing Products DPR. He was on the podium last week. I believe this may be his first or second pole for the series. Uh, alongside him would be Kenneth Ladder out of Fishy Motorsports. Uh, it would be Scott Gamble from WKMP Sim Sports out of position number three alongside him was Matt Vandercran. So once again, most of our names from the top of the championship standings series leader, Michael Talianchic would come out of fifth place. So down a little bit where you normally expect to see Michael, but you know, not bad by any means, uh, coming out of P number five. So after initially a clean launch to this one, there was a bit of mayhem on the opening lap, a uh, couple of cars in the midfield really, um, really got stuck into each other um, and we had a few blown motors and rather spectacularly one of the fishy motorsports drivers was sent flying in the air off the guardrail um, so a little bit of chaos uh, early doors once the race did settle down after the opening lap uh, Darren Lobb set about building a bit of a lead and he quite clearly had excellent pace in his car Early in the stint, um, Kenneth Ladder and Scotty Gamble would basically just form a two-man pack for a large portion of this opening stanza. Uh, and then it would be uh, a further four seconds back to Michael Talianchich, who managed to get over the top of Matt Vandercran on on one of the opening laps and, and uh, get himself up to fourth position. Uh, as this race unfolded, though, it was pretty clear from early doors unless there was going to be safety car intervention or something to that effect uh darren lobb really just consolidated his lead um consistently across the race he would end up crossing the line uh with a pretty handsome margin back to second place which was kenneth ladder from fishy motorsports there was a good exchange between kenneth and scotty gamble who would finish in third mid-race um 
certainly some some tight racing there and uh, a few moves put on, but eventually it would be Kenneth who coming out after all the pit stop cycles and and held that uh, held down that second place uh, a bit more comfortably for the second half of the race. Uh, as we mentioned, Scotty coming across in third, it was Matt Fan Crown in fourth, and it was a nice little last lap battle there for fifth place. Uh, eventually, it would be Michael Talianchich who got that, but he was in all sorts of drama on the last lap in terms of needing to fuel save uh, under a lot of pressure from Dan Hall. It's probably a little bit of contact coming into the last corner between Dan and, and uh, Travis Hunt, the car behind him, that allowed uh, Mike Talianchich to get the run to, home to the line to get that fifth place. Otherwise, uh, Dan might have been in a bit more of a position to have a bit stronger. Uh, a bit of a stronger attempt at that spot, but Michael does hold down fifth place to finish this race off. So some interesting results there from the V8 Veterans uh, League. Uh, maybe the kept the second place to Kenneth Ladder there might nearly be enough to see him get over Michael Talianchich for the series lead. So they've been going back and forth all season so far, and it's going to be another change at the top. I feel uh, we still await the... Uh, the championship standings to come out for that one, but I'm pretty certain that's what it's going to be. So once again, another good race from the V8 veterans. Uh, and we've got a good bunch of guys there at the top that are really going to fight this one all the way to the final round. So one to keep an eye on, that's for sure. That is pretty much going to be a wrap for uh, our race results from today or from this week. Uh, once again, Apologies, there's no interview this week, but it gave us a little bit of a chance to get a better understanding it or hopefully paint a better picture about what is happening in these leagues and 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 potentially some names that are on the wrong side of the cutoff line in terms of who is all going to end up into the main series uh, come season's end. It was a big week on iRacing. There was another major event. Uh, it was a probably Australia's largest private hosted uh, race on the weekend, that being the Oceanic Sim Racing Bathurst 12 hour. I'm not going to cover that one. That's too much iRacing to watch for me in one week, a 12 hour, but you know, a great, a great bit, a spectacle, obviously a 12 hour long endurance race featuring GT3, GT4. Uh, if you are interested in hearing about that, how that one unfolded though, uh, there is another podcast, another Australian-based podcast um, called Ah, uh, You Can't Park There. You guys probably will have heard it at some point. At the end of the day, I am a fan of podcasts and definitely love listening to other Australian podcasters. So uh, if you do want to find out about that race, head over to uh, their Facebook page or YouTube page. So again, it's Ah, uh, You Can't uh, you can't Park There. Uh, Scotty Rankin, Simon Mazzamo. Um, They've got Jake Burton on this week uh, and they talk all things Bathurst 12 hours. So interesting conversations to come out of that one. I haven't listened to it all yet. I've listened to the start of it or at least maybe the first 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, they, they get right into it. So if you're interested in seeing how that one unfolds, once again, head over and have a listen to those guys. I know I'll be finishing that one off myself uh, when I'm on the way to work again later this week. I think we're going to leave it there for this week. A uh, bit of a different style of episode. By all means, let us know what you think of the format, whether 
Uh, there's been some feedback handed out about potentially splitting the episode up and having a news and results episode and then also an interview. Um, if you like the fast-paced nature of it, let us know. Uh, I'm open to suggestions and, and um, you know, tonight was a bit of a trial to see how a race results podcast would go just on its own. Um, if you thought found it not as engaging as the other ones, whatever that be, maybe whatever your opinion of it may be, then um, by all means, leave a comment, reach out. Uh, happy that there's already a few people reaching out um, about their own ideas for the show and then also potentially being involved in the show. Absolutely love hearing from you guys. It's awesome to know that there's people out there that enjoy listening to the show. So um, yeah, don't ever be shy about reaching out and I'll always do my absolute best to get back to you and 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 uh, have a chat and, um, and yeah, it may lead into bigger and better things. So with all that being said, I think we're going to leave it there for this week. Um, the interviews will be back next week. We've got Ross Thallon from RSW Graphics coming on to talk about his uh, successful livery design business that he's made off the back of iRacing and, and led into other business ventures for him as well. So uh, a name that's come up already a couple of times on the show and a guy that's doing great things. So looking forward to uh, a good chat with Ross. Uh, and returning to our normal programming next week. Once again, guys, if you did like the show um, and you haven't already, go like and follow on Facebook. Uh, do the same on YouTube. Uh, there is the potential to jump onto the Sim Racing blog website, sign up to the weekly newsletter. Guys that have done that, I'm working towards getting out some more regular uh newsletters that go out that'll obviously remind you of the podcast um, a little bit more content coming on that side of things uh when time permits but certainly some plans for that in the horizon if you'd like to be part of that by all means jump on there's some forms there to sign up it's putting your email in simple as that and uh we'll start contacting you that way so yeah everyone hope you enjoyed this version of the show and uh it's bye for now 